Chapter 15 Ben sat in his living room, with tears, slowly rolling down his cheeks. Hannah sat on the ottoman in front of him. When she'd arrived first thing in the morning, he'd been a little surprised. He'd let her in and took her coat. As he turned back, her open palm caught him on the cheek. It wasn't a particularly hard slap, but it rang his head as he'd been completely unprepared. Once he regained stability, she stepped forward and hugged him fiercely, calling him her hero, his whole body locked up until she stepped back. Ben, which of those two things hurt the most? Hannah said with compassion in her eyes. The question was so odd he froze and actually thought about it. The slap had been a surprise, but the hug and praise had a far more uncomfortable impact on his body. He stared at Hannah, the hug. You see how backward that is, right? She asked hopefully. He nodded, and she led him into the living room to sit on the couch. She pulled up the ottoman directly in front of him. He had tears in his eyes as she sat before her friend. Ben, I spoke with a large and concerned group of your friends last night. We can all see you're hurting. The pain source isn't quite clear, but I think I can make a few educated guesses. Much of your past is still unknown to us. But from what we've pieced together, we see that you don't believe. You're worthy of being loved. You did an amazing job of bringing Beth back to her vivacious self by showing her what a fun, wonderful, and lying person she is. You helped me by reminding me I was a loving person who had so much to offer and deserved to be loved, yet you continue to fail to take that same message into your own heart. I don't know what experiences you had in your life that made you believe you shouldn't or couldn't have love, but that belief is wrong. Everyone deserves love. You deserve love, and people do love you. You just have to be willing to accept it. She squeezed his hands and looked into his eyes to emphasize the point. We want you to speak to someone with training in dealing with these kinds of self-esteem shoes. We see your value. Now it's your turn. Will you do that? Hannah asked gently. Ben nodded, not trusting himself to speak. I will make arrangements today, and I'll bring you the appointment information, the place, time, and name of the counsellor you'll speak with. All right? He nodded again. We want you to be happy. Ben, you deserve to be happy. We'll check in with you every now and then, and see how you are doing, to remind you that you have friends that love you, she said to him, as she watched his tears slide down his cheeks. She was worried about the man. She didn't feel she should leave him alone. It was too soon to subject him to Tina, but she knew Gabriella was taking some time off. Ben, I'm going to call someone to sit with you today. I think you need the company, Hannah said firmly, and he didn't argue, which made her even more convinced she was correct. She dialed the number, and Gabriella picked up on the first ring. Hi, could you sit with our friend today? Hannah asked. I'll be right over. Hannah put away her phone and patted Ben's knee. I'm sorry, Ben said, his voice deep and gravelly. Ben, you have nothing to be sorry for. Whatever got you to where you are now, please know you are surrounded by people who love you and want to help. The only way that could have hammed was because you are worthy of it. You reap what you sow, Hannah replied. The doorbell rang, and Hannah got up 
and answered it. Gabriella stepped inside with a look of concern on her face. Hannah leaned in close and spoke quietly. Ben has agreed to see a counsellor, but he's pretty shaky this morning. He needs someone to keep an eye on him. See if you can get him to talk. I have to go to the hospital, as I have a board of directors meeting at ten. Gabriella nodded as she slipped her coat and boots off. She had on Ben's black-knit sweater and black yoga pants. The warm pullover was long on her and reached just below her bottom. She wore it for comfort when she was at home. Hannah poked her head around the corner and looked in on Ben, who was still on the couch. I'm heading off to work now, Ben. I'll see you later with the details, I promised. Gabriella is going to spend some time with you, okay? Ben nodded and gave her a small smile. With that and a look at Gabriella, Hannah headed out. Gabriella locked up and walked into the living room. Hi, Ben, she said, and saw Ben straighten up his posture on the couch. Hello, Gabriella. How was your trip? he asked. She smiled at him and saw his eyes light up. Just a little, her heart made a slight zing sensation when she saw that. It was lovely. Have you ever been to Europe? No, I've never travelled anywhere, he said, thinking about the trip to Hawaii he'd planned for Wendy. I highly recommend you plan a trip somewhere and someplace in Europe should be one of your first destinations. France, Spain, Germany, Italy, and England are all excellent first. Trip candidates, traveling broadens your perspective and gives you a real insight into different ways of living, and the people who live there, she sighed. You can take a group tour or travel with someone who has experience in the place you choose and can act as a guide. I'd like that, Ben said. Maybe I will. She smiled at him, and he smiled a little back at her. So I hear you've agreed to speak to someone, Gabriella said gently. Yes, he said nervously. I think that's a brave and smart move, Ben. It will help a lot, she said, smiling. I've never talked to anyone about my past. I, I feel uncomfortable about telling. A stranger. Personal things about me, Ben fidgeted. The counsellor keeps anything you say to them in strictest confidence. You can say anything to them. It should feel easier to open up to them, she explained. The only time I felt comfortable talking about me was with you and Catherine. And I don't know why, he said, looking down at his hands with a confused look on his face. Gabriella looked at him. He really didn't see that they loved him, or even could. That hurt her a little, and it must have shown on her face as Ben noticed. What's wrong? he asked. Nothing, Ben. It's fine, she said, and forced a smile onto her face. She hoped that, after his sessions with the counsellor, he'd be more receptive to their love. This is why I'm going to see this counsellor. I can't seem to stop hurting people I care about, he growled at himself. No, Ben, you're going to see the counsellor to find out why you feel you're not worthy of being loved, to find out what events in your past led you to that conclusion. Those of us who love you, who are in love with you, who are in love with you, feel pain when we see you hurting because of your misconceptions. But you shouldn't worry about our pain because healing yourself will eliminate ours. In love, he whispered. Yes, you silly man. 
you have a few women in love with you, and they accept the fact that others are in love with you. Something else you need to understand is that love can work that way. Gabriella smiled and shook her head. I wasn't supposed to be here as your counsellor, just a friend. What else would you like to talk about? He'd only had bad experiences with people who said that they loved him, Wendy being only the most recent. These experiences went back. A long way. He looked at Gabriella's open and friendly expression. He wished she was his counsellor, but then he'd feel wrong about burdening her with his baggage. Maybe he should do some groundwork to prepare for his sessions with the counsellor. What is love? he asked her. Gabriella snorted gently in surprise. I mean, what does love mean to you? I've been in love a few times in my life, and it's never worked out for me. So maybe if I could hear what love means to others, I could see what I've done wrong, he amended quickly. Why do you think you're the one who did something wrong? she asked. Ben blinked at her, and she smiled. When I met Daniel at university, I was smitten. He was young and dashing and so in charge of his future. I came from an impoverished family, and I found his confidence with money and finance very attractive. He also said the right things to me and made me feel important. I was completely dazzled. He played the courting game very well. That doesn't mean I was faultless in the eventual state of our marriage. I put Daniel up on a pedestal. My expectations of him didn't match reality. When I discovered that, I tried to work with him to recapture what made me fall in love with him, but some of that never existed outside of my mind, and his passions had moved on from me to money. He had no desire to change anything, as he had what he wanted. Instead of leaving Daniel, who genuinely loved his children, I gave up on finding happiness for myself, so my children would have a stable home. I'm sorry, Ben said. My point in all that was that the two young people we were when we met at university weren't honest with each other. We let our expectations and desires cloud our decisions. During courting, people always present their best attributes and hide the negative. That's human nature, I suppose. But we should have taken more time to get to know the real people we were before deciding to get married. I don't regret having my two wonderful children. There are other things I do regret, but now I get to start over. To find happiness, he said. Yes, Ben, I'm going to find happiness, she smiled at him. Okay, so maybe I'm not solely to blame for the failures of my relationships, but maybe my expectations are interfering with my ability to sustain a healthy relationship. List them, Gabriella said. What? he asked. You've just said you have expectations. What are they? If you can itemize them, then maybe you can see if any truly are holding you back. Fidelity, he immediately said. You are particularly sensitive to that one based on how your marriage ended, she asked. Yes, discovering Wendy had been having an affair for potentially years hurt me more than I thought possible. So, maybe honesty is more of a critical item for you. If Wendy had come to you before she had an affair and told you why she felt the need to have one, maybe you might not have been as hurt as you were, Gabriella asked. Ben thought about that for a bit. I think it would have still hurt a great deal, but yes, 
I think if she'd been honest, the pain would have been far less. What else? she asked. Communication, he said. I think we just described that. Open communication. But it needs to be truthful, Gabriella said. Next. Oh, loyal, friendly, kind, caring. He struggled to name other expectations he had. These aren't really outrageous expectations. Where are the requirements like must be a Nobel Prize, winning scientist, run a humanitarian aid station, and bench press 300 pounds? How about must be able to cook, do bookkeeping, and laundry? She smiled. Ben smiled. Reasonably intelligent, genuinely compassionate, and fit will do. So it sounds like your current expectations may not be as big a factor as you thought. What were your expectations when you got married? You said you were planning on having a big family. When that turned out to be not in the cards, how did you react in your relationship? You still had a chance at being fertile with someone at that time, just not your wife. I told her it wasn't important, and it wasn't, he murmured. You adapted your expectations to protect what you had, right? Gabriella clarified. Yes. So maybe your past expectations weren't so rigid and difficult to live with either, she said, looking him in the eye. What about sex? Did you want it more often than her or less often? Were you incompatible with how you wanted to have sex? The only time she complained was after she discovered she couldn't have babies. She wanted to cut back significantly. Then near the end of our marriage, she wanted sex much less often. She even cut back on the cuddling before sleeping. Near the end, she was likely trying to distance herself from you. Limiting the intimacy in preparation for the separation, Gabriella suggested. But before that, generally, you two were compatible? Ben frowned. Ooh, I've mentioned that my body acts like a teenager. My libido has always been a little. Ovi was sometimes annoyed by that. Not angry, really. Just annoyed by that. Not angry, really. Just annoyed. Gabriella smirked. More than one woman could endure. Ben smiled, then caught the nuance of Gabriella's question. What? she asked, seeing his quick mood swing. I'm not that kind of man, he rumbled. What kind of man? she asked. I don't. I'm not promiscuous. I'm not unfaithful, he growled. Have you made promises of fidelity to any of the women you've been with recently? I understand you've specifically told one the exact opposite, yet she still wants to be with you. Another promised you no strings attached relationship, neither calls you unfaithful, neither has anything but praise. For what a good person you are! Why do you think that is? Gabriella asked gently. Ben scowled and thought hard. Obviously, she was talking about Tina and Trish. Gabriella pressed on. You did mention in your expectations that fidelity is the most important one. May I suggest that it may have a lot to do with the type of relationship you are in. Traditional marriage is a contract with terms specifically defining the promise of fidelity. There are open marriages that don't have that clause and allow the spouses to seek emotional and physical enjoyment with other partners. That's unrealistic he growled. Really? We've talked about expectations. Let's talk about beliefs. Do you believe the heart can only love one person at a time? 
Do you believe traditional marriages are the only successful kind of relationship between adults? Ben thought about his complicated feelings for Gabriella, Catherine, Tina, and Trish. She saw it on his face, so he couldn't deny it. No, people can love more than one person, but that leads to heartache when one partner feels unfulfilled. That could definitely happen if there was no communication. No relationship will last in a vacuum. People just aren't built to function that way. We need to be constantly in touch with each other to see if we can do something to ease the other's way in life or if they can ease ours. That's what makes for a rich relationship. Were you unwilling to communicate your feelings and needs with your wife? No, he mumbled. So communication shouldn't be an issue for you, she smiled. You can't marry more than one person, Ben argued. Back to the question of marriage, then. Is that the only viable outcome of a relationship for you? Gabriella asked. Well, traditionally, you meet someone, you date, and you fall in love. Then you get married and start a family. You grow old together, Ben said. What about friends? she asked. How do you see that relationship working? Friends you nurture for life, Ben replied. That's a really nice way of putting it. I think I like your idea of friendship more than that model of traditional marriage. The idea of nurturing never ending, but being an integral part of the relationship sounds lovely, she smiled. Can I ask you how you define friendships? What are the benefits and limits? Can you love a friend, romantically, physically? Ben thought about friends. He thought about how he had been interacting with his neighbors, his friends, about how he was emotionally connected to them and cared about their well-being, how he had used sex to help them feel better. The light came on behind his eyes, and Gabriella's smile grew wider as she saw his understanding. Yes, you're already there. It's working, and no one is hurt. Everyone wants you to feel as happy as you make us feel. But the only one stopping that from happening is you, Gabriella said gently. I hurt Tina, Ben said through gritted teeth. And how did that happen? she asked. Ben looked at Gabriella sharply. Tina told us the whole story of your evening of dancing, minus the intimate details, so we are aware of the circumstances. But I'd like to hear your opinion of what went wrong, she added. I led her on. We had a wonderful evening, and in the morning she told me how sad I'd made her. How I'd ruined her, Ben said in anguish. Tina believes you don't want her. Is that true? Gabriella said bluntly. Ben rocked back. Don't want her. Of course, I want her. She's beautiful, smart, loving, but she's not for me, he barked. Who says? she asked sternly. Ben's mouth opened but nothing came out at first. Then he recalled something. Ah, I do. And Trish, Trish agrees with me. Tina is almost half my age. It's unfair to her. I think if you spoke with Trish, now that she's had time to understand Tina better, she'd give you a different answer. But let's leave that alone for a minute. Instead, let's take a look at the word you just used, unfair. I think you'd agree with me that finding a compatible mate is difficult. Someone you can love. Someone that loves you back. 
The push and pull of personalities, wants, needs, and desires can make that very difficult. Tina is a special case. She's a submissive. Her needs are very specific, and the risks for her are much greater. How much more difficult do you think her? Submissiveness makes it for her to find a compatible mate. She's had a terrible experience in her marriage. In you, she's found someone willing to give her what she needs without fear of abuse. Then you pushed her away because you believe she needs to find someone else, Ben began to protest. But Gabriella held up her hand so she could continue. Do you understand she doesn't need to be the only person in your life? Tina just wants to be part of yours. You're right. She's young. She's going to be going to university. She'll meet people. Maybe she'll meet people. Maybe she'll meet someone closer to her age that can fulfill that special need she has. Wouldn't that be easier for her if she had a support system in place until it happened? But, but she said, I ruined her for everyone else. How would I make that better by allowing it to continue? Ben argued. First, true loves are always the best. That doesn't mean life doesn't move you along. Sure, you always compare new relationships to the first. And Ben, you are pretty tough to beat, but life goes on. Tina is young. Everything is a little more immediate and dramatic for the young. Don't be trapped. By her current angst, she said with an understanding smile. So, are you telling me I should let her live with me and be my lover? Ben said, confused. Gabriella still felt a little uncomfortable with the idea, but realized that was precisely what she had to be okay with it, for everyone's sake, including hers. Look, you set out a life plan for Tina. It's hugely generous of you, and truly demonstrates you care about her future. I'm not saying you change the plan significantly. Just let her into your life on the condition that she keeps her heart and mind open to the possibility of love in the future from mind open to the possibility of love in the future from someone she may meet. You, in turn, will have to be aware that what you two have may not be permanent. It's kind of like friends with benefits. Someday she may meet the one, and you two will just remain friends. Special friends. Friends with benefits? I've never thought of myself in those terms before. I've always considered myself the marriage type, old-fashioned Ben said, and looked inwards. He was surprised to discover that he genuinely felt a lot better. He still had trouble accepting the idea that they loved him. But the fear of hurting them by returning the emotions was significantly reduced. It was like a weight had been lifted from his heart. He looked at Gabriella in wonder. How could Daniel have been so blind to not see how incredible you are and how damn lucky he was to have you? She looked at Ben in surprise and blushed deeply. He reached out and took her hands in his. He brought them up to his lips and gently kissed her knuckles. She gasped softly. Gabriella, I feel so much better. I can't begin to describe how grateful I am to have you in my life. You! Ben was at a loss for words as his heart filled with love for the beautiful woman sitting next to him on the couch. A tear rolled down his cheek. Tears began to well up in her eyes as she saw what she mistook for simple admiration in his. Then his lips were on hers, and she squeaked in surprise. He pulled back slightly, thinking he'd made a mistake, but she immediately pressed forward 
and kissed him urgently. She slipped her hand behind his head into his hair so she could kiss him deeper, and he gently slid his fingers into her raven locks to return the kiss. He sucked hungrily at her tongue, and she moaned into his mouth. She loved the feeling of his hands on her. So powerful yet gentle, one of his hands left her hair and travelled down to the small of her back, and he pulled her body closer to his. When her breasts pressed against his broad chest, she whimpered with the delicious sensations going through her body. Suddenly, Ben scooped her up in his arms and carried her down the hall to his bedroom. He knee-walked across his bed with her in his arms and laid her down gently before him. He leaned down over her and captured her mouth in a slow, sensuous kiss, tasting her full lips and gently sucking them between his. He leaned back and pulled his shirt up and over his head. She gasped when she saw his bare chest, thick with muscles, his hard stomach, and the three scars. She reached out and the three scars. She reached out and for the first time touched the remnants of his bullet wounds. His eyes flared with passion at her touch on his bare skin, and he lifted her up to her knees on the bed so he could pull her sweater over her head. Soon there was just the thinnest of lace between the heat of his skin and her full breasts. She put her arms around him and pulled their bodies together. She ran her hands up his powerful back as he tilted his head down to kiss her once more. Their tongues explored and caressed each other, and their breathing became heavy with need. He released the clasp on her bra and slid his hands down her back and under the yoga pants and panties waistband. Gabriella cried out when his hands gripped the flesh of her ass. He pressed her firmly against the bulge rising in his pants. She gasped and grabbed his ass to pull him tighter against her. Gabriella moved her hands immediately to the buckle of his belt and undid it when he leaned back. She popped the button on his pants and pulled the zipper down with shaking hands. Ben caught her hands and pulled them gently away. She looked up into his eyes with a worried expression. He just smiled at her and kissed her hands again. He released them and slid down his own pants and pulled them free. Then he was kneeling on the bed in front of her, completely naked. Gabriella's breath caught when she finally saw Ben fully erect. She thought it was beautiful. Ben reached forward and slid her bra straps down her shoulders and followed the dropping fabric with his hands until he had the soft flesh of her breasts resting in his palms. He gently squeezed her hard nipples, and shocks went through her nerves. Gabriella pushed her yoga pants and panties down, and lost her balance while trying to pull them from under her knees on the bed. She fell forward against Ben's chest, and he caught her. She yanked the clinging fabric off while her face remained pressed against his skin, the clean, masculine smell of his skin was making her head spin. Ben lifted her once more and laid her out against the pillows. He moved his lips to her breasts and kissed and sucked them, alternating between them until she thought she'd go mad. She pressed his head against her breast so he would take more into his mouth, and he did. The sensations were going directly to the heat between her legs. Ben began to kiss his way down her belly and beyond. She became nervous. Daniel had never kissed her where Ben was headed, and she had no idea what to expect. 
she found herself holding her breath. As he kissed her inner thighs and slowly made his way closer, she began to gasp. When Ben's hot breath finally blew across her sensitive flesh, she arched up and his tongue made contact. It was incredible. Her hands immediately went to the back of his head and ran through his hair. Ben's tongue stroked across the outer folds, and she arched again as she gasped when it reached and circled the hooded flesh of her clit. She cried out her pleasure. He gently sucked the stiffening bud between his lips, and she pulled his head tight against her, writhing as the bliss flowed over her. Her orgasm was quick, intense, and took her completely by surprise. She'd never had such an intense orgasm before. Then felt her body cresting through an orgasm, so he moved his kisses up her trembling stomach and brushed his lips across the sensitive skin on the undersides of her breasts. Gabriella's nipples begged to eat. He kissed, so he sucked them into his mouth, and she arched her back once more and cried out in pleasure. Gawk, Ben, I need you inside me. Please, she gasped as he moved further up her body. He kissed her neck and the underside of her chin. Then her lips were on his kissing him deeply, her tongue insistent. Gabriella sucked in her breath as the hot head of his cock stroked across her wet opening. Ben moved it across her a few more times, slowly pressing forward, lubricating himself with her excitement. Finally, she felt him positioned at her opening. He gradually increased the pressure, and the thick head pushed its way inside. It was so good, but such a tease. Ben slipped back out, then slowly pressed inside it again. Gabriella was going mad. She wanted all of him, but he was so careful, because he caught her wincing as he stretched her wider than she'd ever been. Her body reacted by sending more lubricant to ease his way. Three more strokes, and Ben pulled out to the tip again. She whined with need, and he slid deep in one stroke. Her legs shot out, and she screamed in surprise. Her eyes were wide, and she was panting as she gazed up at him. He held still to let her get used to the sensation. Oh my God, Ben, you're so deep. You're filling me up, she said, looking up at his face, which was showing his bliss. His expression turned embarrassed, then concerned. What is it, she asked. I'm only halfway in, he said quietly. Her body immediately clamped down on him in fear. Half. She couldn't imagine more. This was as deep as Daniel ever got, and his cock hadn't been as thick. She'd never felt so complete. It was perfect. How could there be more? Ben kissed her, and her mind filled with stars. To feel the bliss of his lips on hers, and his heat deep between her legs, was too much. He began to move, sliding out to the head, then back to where he was before. She felt herself relaxing, and he was able to slide just a little deeper. He had to go slow, as it was all virgin territory from this point, and was definitely not used to the pressure. With the slow strokes, the teasing sensation was back, and her legs curled up around his ass so she could pull in. This seemed to make it easier for him to go deeper. Soon his strokes were long and deep, and Gabriella could feel the rapid build-up of an enormous orgasm. She clutched at him and made little yelping noises as their bodies got closer together. Finally, Ben made one hard thrust, 
as she squeezed him tight with her legs, and he reached the bottom. She cried out in ecstasy as his pelvis slammed into her overly sensitive clit, and she began to rock through a world, shattering orgasm. Ben could only do five more deep strokes, bumping her up to higher plateaus of heaven before his orgasm exploded through his body, and he gushed into her depths. She had a moment of panic before she recalled that he couldn't make babies. Then the pleasure overtook her, and she just held on to him as tightly as she could as her nerves flashed and tingled over her entire body. When the explosions died down, she pulled his face to hers for a kiss, and he caressed her lips with his. Oh, that was so good, she smiled up at him when he pulled back. She marveled at how deep he was inside her and the heat coming from his cock. Then she noticed that he wasn't getting soft. If anything, he felt harder. She looked at his face in surprise and saw the hunger in his eyes. He began to thrust into her in long, slow strokes. Her breath caught in her throat as he began to move faster and faster. At the bottom of each stroke, he gently twisted his hips, which gave her the most delicious sensation on her overcharged clit. She was stunned to feel the beginnings of another orgasm building, her third one. Ben suddenly surprised her by lifting her legs and bracing them around his powerful arms. This raised her ass off the bed and allowed him to thrust harder and deeper. Their bodies slapped together, and it was too much for Gabriella. She could no longer think coherently. All she could do was make whimpering sounds as her body rushed towards another explosion. Ben's orgasm struck first, and he rocked himself against her, jetting one more deep inside. This pushed her over the top. She screamed silently and passed out. When Gabriella came to, she was lying on Ben's chest, and his cock was slowly slipping from her body. His hands were gently kneading her back muscles, searching out and relaxing any knots he found. She discovered she drooled a little on his chest and wiped her face in embarrassment. Welcome back, he said with a smile in his voice. She tilted her head to look at him, and he was looking at her fondly. She smiled at him, then stretched languidly across his large body. He grabbed a tissue and wiped up the drool. So, is this what you meant by friends with benefits? he asked carefully. She looked up into his eyes. She felt her entire body tingling and heard the roar of her blood in her ears. Maybe just a little more than that, she whispered, and pressed her face against his chest in fear of his reaction to what she'd just said. I was hoping you felt the same way, he whispered back. She looked up again and saw the love in his eyes. He pulled her up on his body and kissed her deeply. Afterward, she rested on him, luxuriating in the feel of his skin on hers. She'd never felt this good before. Of course, she was also aching a little from his enthusiastic treatment of her sensitive parts, but it was a good ache. Now that she had a rational moment to think about what they'd done, she started to worry. Hannah had quite specifically told them that Ben wasn't ready for a relationship, and there was to be no more unsolicited sexual contact. Well, Ben started it, so it couldn't be called unsolicited. Still, she was worried that she might have done him some harm emotionally. She must have been frowning as she felt his fingers smoothing out the crease between her eyes. 
This is a no-frown zone, Ben teased. Any thoughts that may cause them must be banished. She looked up at him and smiled. Sorry. Maybe we should get cleaned up, he suggested. I've been told my shower can fit three. Are you suggesting I shower with you? She said with a raised eyebrow. Not if you feel that would be too intimate, he smiled. She chuckled and slid off of him. Ben led the way into the bathroom, and she couldn't tear her eyes away from his naked body to notice the shower. Hello. Amazing bathroom reno here, Ben scowled playfully at Gabriella, while he gestured at the room when he caught her staring. He shook his head and stepped in to get the water going. She followed. Gabriella gasped in surprise when Ben activated the side jets and wonderfully, hot water shot inwards from all sides. You've never been in a shower with surround jets before? he asked. No, it's wonderful. Of course I've never been in the shower with a man before either, she smiled up at him. She dipped her head under the stream from the ceiling, mounted rain shower head. Ben ran his fingers through her long black hair, ensuring the water got to every strand. She purred at the feeling of his strong hands in her hair. She stepped back from the downpour, and he tilted her head up as he brought his lips down to hers. A thrill shot through her body as his tongue caressed her bottom lip, and she moaned into his mouth. He reached out and poured some shampoo into his hands and worked it into her hair. His fingers massaged her scalp as the bubbles spread through her hair. Ben gently worked shampoo all the way to the ends of her hair, and once he was sure he got it all, he pulled her back under the dropping spray. Once more, he massaged her scalp as he thoroughly rinsed her hair. He repeated the process, taking a kiss between each stage. Gabriella's nipples were stiff with need, so he bent down and took one into his mouth and ran the tip of his tongue over the sensitive bud. She gasped and pulled his head tighter against her breast. He treated the other nipple to the same, and Gabriella's knees started to tremble. Ben poured some body wash into his hands and rubbed it over Gabriella's arms, then her back and chest. He was careful not to overstimulate her nipples and worked his way down her body. He gently cleaned between her legs, and she gasped as one. Then, two fingers stroked inside her. He kept up the internal massage as he kissed his way down her stomach. When his mouth reached her lower lips, she cried out and pulled his head tightly against her as she crested through a gentle yet powerful release. Ben braced her body against his as her muscles shook and trembled. He pulled her under the shower to rinse the suds away, then gently sat her on the bench to recuperate while he quickly washed his hair and body. He helped her to her feet, and they stepped out to get fluffy towels to dry themselves off. He finished first, as she was still languidly coming down from her last orgasm. So he moved to help her. She loved the feel of his strong hands, rubbing her body through the towel. He used the towel to squeeze most of the water from her hair, then sat her on a stool in front of the mirror and pulled out a hairdryer and brush. Wendy used to let me dry her hair for her. May I? Ben asked. She smiled and nodded. He got to work. She got to admire his naked body in the mirror as he worked. While she had a towel wrapped around herself, Ben was totally unselfconscious about being naked with her 
as he concentrated on her hair, and she loved it. He did a passable job at styling her drying hair, and she grinned at his happy smile as he finished up. Not precisely as she would have done it, but she didn't look bad. When Ben shut off the hairdryer, they heard the doorbell. They looked at each other, but it was Gabriella that wore a guilty look. Ben saw the look and wondered what it meant. What's with that look? Did you invite someone over? he asked. No, I don't know who that is, she said, but the look remained. The doorbell rang again. She jumped up and rushed into the bedroom to pull on her clothes. Ben walked out and pulled on his robe. He left the bedroom to answer the door, as Gabriella struggled to get her panties from inside her, the leg of her yoga pants. The doorbell rang once more, and Ben opened it to see Catherine looking up at him with a worried expression. He stood back and she stepped in quickly. What's wrong? What happened? he asked. What? Nothing's wrong. You just didn't answer your door for a long time, Kat said quietly, the look still on her face. Sorry, I was in the shower, Ben answered as he hung up her coat. To what do I owe the honor of your midday visit? He knew she worked downtown, so seeing her at, he looked at the clock. A 12.30pm visit was out of the norm. I spoke with Hannah this morning, and she said you were feeling a little blue. I heard Gabriella had come to see you. She froze as her friend came down the hallway from Ben's room. Kat took in the slight tenderness in her movements, the guilty look, and the new hairstyle. Her mouth dropped open. Ben looked from Catherine to Gabriella and saw the guilty look was back full force. Could someone please tell me what is going on with you two? he asked. Kat's eyes began to well up with tears, and she looked back at Ben. He saw her stricken expression and his heart clenched in his chest. This was what he was afraid of. No! Gabriella yelled angrily, and the others froze. Stop right there. No one gets to feel bad until we clear the air, she said, staring at her friend. I think it's pretty clear, Kat began. Then you'd be wrong, Gabriella stressed, and stepped up and took her friend's arms in hers, so she could look directly into her eyes. Ben knows we love him, both of us and Tina. He still needs to work with his counsellor to resolve his issues with accepting that he's worthy of love, but one thing he does not have to worry about is hurting us by our loving him. I don't need to ask Ben for an exclusive relationship. I know his heart is capable of so much love I'm not threatened by his loving another. He cares deeply for Tina, and she needs him so much. I think that's beautiful. I know you love him as much as I do. I would never try to keep you two apart. I love you too much to be that mean. Catherine pulled her friend into a hug, and they cried on each other's shoulders. Ben watched them with tears in his own eyes, but the pain he'd felt was gone. This actually felt like medicine for his soul. The words Gabriella had spoken earlier were being demonstrated right before his eyes, and his heart felt light for it. She'd surprised and impressed him once more. He was still confused by her guilty look, and wanted an answer. When the two friends got control of themselves, he led them into the living room, and they sat on the couch with Catherine in the middle. Why did you look so guilty when Catherine showed up? Ben asked. Gabriella smiled at Cat. Well, 
I broke the spirit of the agreement we all made last night when the women got together to talk about what we could do to help you. Hannah told us no more unsolicited sexual contact. You kissed me first, so it wasn't unsolicited, but the point was to give you some breathing room, some time, to heal emotionally. Gabriella, your talk with me this morning was more healing than anything I've ever experienced. What you and Catherine did just now has proven your words. The pressure I felt on my heart has been lifted. Yes, I'm still anxious about why such beautiful and wonderful women are showing interest in interest in. Ni, I'm worried that love will disappear suddenly like a soap bubble. It's happened so many times in my past. But you've helped me so much, I can't begin to describe it. I wish I'd been here, Kat said longingly. Ben turned her face towards him with a finger on her chin and kissed her. She moaned loudly as he sucked her lower lip between his and ran his tongue across the plump flesh before slipping into her mouth. Catherine immediately climbed onto his lap, and Gabriella grinned at the surprised look on Ben's face before it was hidden beneath Kat's white blonde hair as she pushed him back on the couch. Gabriella stood up and looked back at her friends with a smile. Ben managed to push Catherine up so he could see past her hair. You're leaving? he asked, surprised. Catherine looked over with a feverish look in her eyes. Yes, Ben, I'm going to head home. Unlike you, I don't have a body that thinks it's a teenager, and I think you should spend a little quality time with Cat. Maybe you both could come over for dinner tonight. Six Pem. The kids would love to see you both again, she said. Ben smiled, and Cat pushed off of him, to run over to her friend. I love you so much, Gabriella, Catherine gushed. I love you too, Cat. See if you can't wear him out a little, she grinned. Gabriella slipped on her coat and boots and headed home. Catherine locked up behind her, then rushed back into the living room with a delighted grin on her face. She stopped short when she saw Ben was no longer there. Suddenly, Hands grabbed her from behind and lifted her in the air. She squealed in excitement and thrashed, but it was no use against Ben's strength. She went over his shoulder to hang down his back, and he hustled down the hallway to his bedroom. He came to a halt just inside. Damn it! Well, this is embarrassing, he growled. What? What's wrong? Catherine asked, unable to see what he saw. This has never happened to me before. I can do this, he said. Keeping a firm grip with one arm around her legs, Ben pulled up the first corner of the sheets on the bed. He walked around the bed, pulling up the rest of the sheets. He tossed them in the corner, then got new sheets from the linen closet, all the while balancing the giggling blonde on his shoulder. Finally, he settled with just opening a single flat sheet across the mattress and put Catherine down in the center of the bed. She grinned up at him as he smiled down at her. He yanked off his robe and had a moment of déjà vu when he realized he'd been in this exact position with Gabriella just, what, an hour ago. The moment threw off his concentration and Cat noticed his confusion. Not wanting him to stop, she rolled to her knees and pulled off her top in one quick sweep. A sexy white lace bra held her smallish breasts which immediately caught Ben's eye. He smiled in delight and noticed a tremble in her tight stomach muscles. He knew she was a swimmer 
and she obviously kept herself in excellent condition. She yanked off her pants, and as Ben tossed his robe onto the floor, he felt Catherine's hands on his stiffening cock. Cat wasted no time in feeling the heat and weight of the beast she'd bumped her face into. She felt his pulse jump inside, and it hardened in her grip. Ben slid his hand into the hair on the back of her head and pulled her to him in a fierce kiss. His other hand popped the clasp on her bra as he tasted her mouth. Cat's nipples immediately stiffened in anticipation of this touch. He pulled the bra away, and she pressed her bare breasts against his chest. She moaned into his mouth, then squealed as his hands slid down to squeeze her ass. She pushed him down on his back on the bed and straddled his legs. She looked down at him hungrily, admiring the view. The three bullet scars caught her attention, and she dipped down to kiss them. Ben's breath rushed out with the sensation of her lips, so close to his groin, so he was entirely unprepared for the feeling of her mouth sliding over the thick head of his cock. She ran her tongue in circles around the head and popped her lips over the sensitive edges. The sensation caused him to curl up into a seated position, but she put a hand on his chest and pushed him back down, keeping his cock firmly in her mouth. She bobbed up and down, managing to get almost half of him into her mouth. Once she had gotten him good and wet, she knee-walked around his legs until she was resting her wet pussy on his hard shaft. She rocked her hips along its length and made it slick with her wetness. When he thought he'd go out of his mind, she lifted him vertical and squatted over him, rubbing the thick head across her opening. He was moaning in need, and she wore a seductive grin as she settled herself down over him, squeezing the head inside her. She raised herself off, then dropped herself down, driving a third of his length into her. She stopped and got used to his thickness, forcing her open. When she was ready, she lifted herself again and slowly pumped him in and out of her. Once she was easily taking that much of him, she dropped her weight on him again and felt him surge deeper still, not yet to the root of his cock, but almost. She squirmed on him, feeling completely full. Ben looked up at the beautiful blonde riding him. He couldn't believe he was making love to her. Ben felt her legs tremble with the effort to keep her poised above him. Then she moved again, and his mind was filling with the blissful sensations of her hot flesh gripping him. She managed a few more shaky bounces before her legs gave out. His cock rammed all the way to the bottom of her pussy, and she cried out in bliss. Catherine was almost delirious. He was so thick and reached so far inside her, she almost couldn't tell where he ended, and she began. Her pussy was gripping him so tightly. It was so much better than her dream. She leaned down over his chest and planted a kiss on his lips as she smiled at him. She began to roll her hips, gently sliding him in and out, no more than an inch. The tease was excruciating, so Ben grabbed her hips and began to move his own pelvis in time with hers to make longer strokes. She cried out as his hard flesh pistoned into her and her clit ground against his hard muscles. Her orgasm was rushing up on her when his hands began to slam her down on his body. This added pressure pushed her over the top, and she was suddenly screaming out as ecstasy shot through her body. 
he moved his hands to her ass and squeezed her tight as he buried himself once more to her depth. His orgasm was fast and intense. He took her lovely face between his hands and kissed her deeply, and he gushed into her hot center. Catherine moaned as she felt his hot spend fill her. She lay upon his chest, trying to catch her breath. She still felt stuffed with cock, a sensation she'd never felt before and wanted to feel forever. Once she'd recovered from her orgasm, she waited for him to begin to soften, but it didn't happen. She pushed up on her arms and looked at him. Again, she asked, then giggled as he rolled over, pinning her under him. She felt a spike of pleasure as his pelvis pressed against hers. She pulled her knees up and out and felt him begin to move in little circles. She moaned and thrashed under him with her eyes closed in bliss as their slick bodies slid against each other. The circling picked up in speed and began to include pulling out and thrusting back in deep at the bottom of each circle. The direct contact was driving her mad and her breath gusted out with each thrust. Ben felt his second orgasm, rushing up fast. Catherine's muscles were starting to tighten and tremble, heralding her own imminent release. He picked up the pace once more until he was moving in a blur and Catherine was yelling out his name. She clung to him as hard as she could. Then her body went totally stiff as she gushed against his cock. Her eyes flew open and her jaw dropped as the intensity took her entirely by surprise. He slammed all the way to the bottom one last time and jetted his load deep into her body. The two breathed hoarsely as they recovered. Ben pulled back and Catherine whimpered at the sudden emptiness left behind. When he was finally out, he rolled over onto his back to take his weight off her. Oh God, Ben, that was better than I dreamed it could be, she panted. It seems like a dream to me as well. I'm having a hard time believing today is real. It's like I'm going to suddenly wake up and I'll be alone again, he said quietly, his voice dazed. Catherine rolled over onto her side and propped her head up on her hand. She looked at Ben's troubled expression, then leaned over him to give him a gentle kiss. Ben, it's real. Gabriella and I love you very much. So does Tina. We'd like to share your life with you, if you'll have us, she said with a hopeful smile. Tears came to Ben's eyes, and he pulled her on top of him in a fierce hug. I want that very much, he whispered into her ear, as if afraid, saying it out loud would ruin his chances at happiness. The phone rang. Catherine got one more passionate kiss from him before she'd let him roll over to the side of the bed to get the handset. Hello? Then, it's Hannah. I just wanted to see how you were doing. Hi, Hannah. I'm… I'm actually doing much better, thanks. Gabriella and I had a really good talk this morning, and she really helped me come to terms with some things that have been tormenting me. Really? That's excellent. You're… Yes, I can see that I have some work to do to deal with these issues. Gabriella also insisted it was necessary. I have to tell you, I am feeling much better. He gasped as Cat ran her tongue up the length of his resting cock. Are you okay? Hannah asked, concerned. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm good. Ben tried to push Catherine's head away from his groin as she continued to tease him with the tip of her tongue. She giggled, 
then slapped her hand over her mouth and sat up with wide eyes. Then is Catherine having sex with you? Hannah yelled. Cat heard her and looked worried. Yes, Ben said, blushing as he cursed his obsession with honesty. That bitch! I told her last night you were hands, off until you got help. When she told me she was going to check in on you, I should have known, she ranted. Tana, it's okay. That was something Gabriella and I talked about this morning. Oh my God, Gabriella had sex with you too, she shrieked into the phone. That's not what I meant, but yes. But it's okay, he tried to calm her. No, Ben, it is definitely not okay. I will speak with you tonight. I have the details for the counsellor. I'll bring them over at six tonight, Hannah insisted, sounding very upset. We'll be over at Gabriella's for dinner tonight at that time, Ben said. There was silence at the other end of the phone as Hannah struggled to throttle her rage. Then I will see you there then. Goodbye, and she hung up. Hannah, oh, that's not good, Ben said putting the handset back on its base. I'm so sorry, Ben. I just can't stop myself sometimes, Catherine said sadly. You can definitely be an imp, he smiled, and she returned it. We'll talk with her tonight. At Gabriella's, he said meaningfully. Her worried look returned. For dinner, Gabriella made a large lasagna with fresh garlic bread, gelato for dessert, if anyone had the room, Everything was ready, and her guests would be arriving shortly. Ben had called to warn her that Hannah found out about their physical activities and was very upset with her and Kat. She sighed. She knew Hannah was just concerned with Ben's well-being, but when she'd left Ben, he was looking happier and more at peace than she'd seen him in weeks. Hannah was just going to have to be convinced that what they had done was helpful, not harmful. The doorbell rang at ten minutes to the hour, and she went to answer it. She saw Hannah's stern face through the window. She had hoped Ben and Catherine would be here first, but she opened the door. Gabriella. Hannah, come in, please. Let me get your coat. Miriam and Daniel showed up to see if it was Ben. Oh, hello, Mrs. Cooper, Miriam said happily. Hello, Miriam, Daniel the woman smiled. Could you two wait here for Ben and Cat and bring them to my office when they get here? Gabriella asked her children. Yes, mom, her daughter answered. She gestured for Hannah to follow her to her office at the back of the house and closed the door behind them. The two women took seats across from each other. Hannah seemed to be trying to get control over her emotions. Gabriella gave her the time she needed and sat quietly. How? I? What were you thinking? Hannah ground out, before she clamped down again. Gabriella saw the pain and anger in her face. While it may not seem like it from where you are right now, please know I would never do anything to hurt Ben, she began. Hannah gasped, and her eyes went wide as she stared at Gabriella. Are you kidding me? The man has intimacy issues, and you and Catherine had sex with him, she yelled. Ben is afraid to love because he's terrified of hurting the ones he loves. He's afraid of driving them away. I told Ben this morning that he is loved. I love him. Catherine loves him. And Tina loves him. And Tina loves him. 
I know he loves us back, but he couldn't cope with the fear of hurting one of us by showing love to any of us. His concept of love didn't include the possibility that being loved by more than one partner could work. His experience with betrayal left him convinced that love from more than one person leads to heartbreak. We're not insisting on exclusive relationships as that would just hurt. Him. Catherine is my best friend and I love her. She loves Ben as much as I do, so I wouldn't keep them apart. Tina needs Ben and he's so good for her. That's wonderful. Speak to Ben before you pass judgment on us. He is much happier than I've ever seen him. But why did you have sex with him? Hannah asked. Ben is a very physical person. Do you recall when you first brought Beth over to Catherine's? Remember how he was all over her, comforting her with hugs and rubbing against her? Even though he has trouble mentally and emotionally accepting love, he's the opposite when physically giving it. I had no intention of having sex with Ben when I went to his place. Then he kissed me. Yes, I kissed him back, and when he picked me up and carried me to his bedroom, my intentions were moot. There was a gentle knock on the door. Come in, Gabriella called. Cat poked her head around the door with a worried look. Ben reached over her and pushed the door open with a look of annoyance. She said, come in, not look in, he said. Hi, sorry we're late, Catherine said with a blush. Hannah closed her eyes and struggled to control her anger. Ben slipped into the room and knelt down in front of Hannah's chair. When she opened her eyes, she yelped in surprise, since he was right up next to her. He took her hands in his and looked into her eyes. Please don't be angry with Gabriella and Catherine. They really helped me a great deal today. I can't begin to tell you how much Gabriella's talk helped me this morning. She really eased my fears and made me re-examine some of my damaged views on love, relationships, and my place in the lives of people I care for. Gabriella and Catherine, their love for me, may help save my sanity. I won't break my promise about speaking to the counsellor. I know I'm not cured by any stretch of the imagination, but at least one of my fears has been greatly reduced. He sensually kissed her knuckles, and she gasped gently. Her eyes darted to Gabriella as she recalled her words about his physicality. I know you're worried about me, and I truly appreciate that. You are an amazing friend, and I consider myself lucky to have you in my corner. I'm also concerned about you. We've talked about how unhealthy it is to hold on to anger, and now that you know there's no value in anger for this, I want you to release it like we practiced he said, looking her directly in the eye. She smiled and leaned forward to pull him to a big hug. That's not how we did it, but I suppose hugs also work really well, he said, squeezing his friend warmly. Are you ready to eat? Gabriella asked. Yes, I'm starving, Ben said. He stood up and kept his arms around Hannah, so she left the ground and hung against his broad chest. She yelped as her breasts were squeezed against him. She put her hands on his shoulders to push him away, but his grip was too secure. Ben! Put me down, now! she shrieked. Miriam and Daniel were standing in the doorway, grinning madly at Ben. Oh, I didn't see you there, Hannah. Down you go, he said as he gently set her back on her feet. She straightened her blouse and jacket, and then turned her back to them 
as she tugged her bra back into place. She turned around to look at his happy grin with a scowl, but she couldn't maintain the look. She gave him a playful swat. Bad man. Bad big man, she growled as she tried to ignore the tingles and the flush running up her neck. The kids came in and grabbed Ben's hands to drag him out to the dining room. They sat him at the head of the table, then took chairs on either side of him. Gabriella and Catherine went into the kitchen. Miriam indicated that Hannah should sit next to her. The two friends brought the food out to the table, and Gabriella served it onto the plates, Ben getting a very generous portion, much to his delight. Miriam and Daniel dug in and were surprised when Ben mimicked their enthusiasm. Ben's face showed his enjoyment, and his food quickly disappeared. Daniel watched in awe as Ben finished off the enormous portion. Wow, you must have been playing hard today to work up that kind of appetite, he blurted. Hannah was sipping her water at that moment, and it spurted right back into her glass. Her face went red, and she began coughing as the water had gone straight through her nose. She held her napkin to her face and tried to catch her breath. Gabriella looked at Hannah with an embarrassed expression. Catherine had a big mischievous grin on her face as she watched the blush grow redder on Ben's frozen face. Did you have fun today, Ben? she asked. Ben gave her an exasperated look. Yes, I did very much. Miriam had missed the not-quite-so-subtle nuances of the conversation and looked at Ben in delight. What did you do today? Ben was trapped. He couldn't tell her he'd made love to her mother and her mother's best friend, but he couldn't lie either. Hannah came to his rescue. I'm sorry for interrupting Miriam. Ben, before I forget, could you get my purse by the front door? she asked. Ben gratefully left the table, and Gabriella asked her kids to start tidying the kitchen. Once they'd left the room, Gabriella swatted her friend's arm. How? Why? Don't put Ben on the spot in front of the kids like that, she said quietly but firmly. I was just teasing, Cat sulked. Yes, but Ben can't or at least won't lie. Oh, right. Sorry, I forgot, Cat said. Forgot what? Ben asked as he returned to the dining room with the purse. Sorry I teased you, Ben, Catherine apologized contritely. Not in front of the kids, please, was all he said. Don't do what in front of us, Miriam asked Ben when she returned. Never mind, Miriam, Gabriella said firmly. The young woman scowled at her mother. She'd obviously been left out of something adult, and therefore interesting to a sixteen-year-old. The fact that it was about Ben made it that much more interesting. Then gave Hannah her purse, and she dug out the appointment card. Tomorrow morning is the initial consultation. Dr. Rao is brilliant, but this is a very personal interaction, and you have to feel comfortable. If you don't click with him, I have others I will introduce you to, okay? Thank you, Hannah, Ben said and kissed her forehead. She looked over at Gabriella once more to acknowledge she was right about how physical Ben was. Desert anyone? We have gelato, Gabriella said with a smile. Once the meal was done, the kids cleared the dishes and cleaned up. Hannah had to pick up her son from Trisha's place, so she thanked Gabriella, and Catherine and Ben gave her a big hug, which sent the flush up her neck once more. She headed home before she did something silly. Like kiss him. 
they settled into the living room and played it cool, the women taking the chairs and Ben on the couch. Miriam and Daniel finished up, so they raced into the living room and plopped down on the sofa on either side of Ben. Daniel looked up at Ben and did the eye-pointing gesture again, and his mother got upset, but Ben just smiled. Ben put his arms up along the back of the couch, and the kids tucked themselves in against him. He looked down in surprise, and Gabriella beamed. Catherine grinned as well. Ben told me this morning that he's never travelled anywhere. Gabriella opened with, Miriam spun to look up at Ben in shock. Never. He grinned down at her look. No, I've never been anywhere but here. Mom, we have to bring him with us to France, the young girl gasped. Gabriella hadn't expected that, but now that the idea was out there, she saw the appeal, especially after the events of the morning. Catherine looked at her curiously, so she answered, After I returned from my last trip to Europe, I promised the kids I'd take them to France for two weeks this summer. I've taken them to the big theme parks in Florida, and we flew out west and did a driving tour, ending up at the Grand Canyon. The kids are a joy to travel with. I've never taken them to Europe, so I thought France would be the nicest place to start. We'll start in Paris, then drive south, stopping in little boutique hotels and Bedbra Crippin, nice and end our trip in nice. Miriam was still looking up at Ben in excitement. You could come with us. But this is a family trip. I wouldn't want to intrude, he argued. Cat, would you be available to join us too? Gabriella asked. Catherine's smile was threatening to split her face in two. I'd love to go to France, especially Paris. She leapt out of her chair and jumped on Gabriella's lap to give her a big hug. Ben smiled over at the two ladies squealing like teenagers. He looked down at Miriam, who was just shaking her head in embarrassment. If Catherine is going, I guess it's okay for me to join you too, he said. Then it was Miriam squealing and jumping up to hug him. He looked down at Daniel. That is, if it's okay with you, Daniel. The boy pretended to consider it carefully, then nodded. Thank you, Ben said. Daniel nodded. Gabriella looked at her kid with pride. Catherine crawled off of her friend's lap. Oh, damn. I promised my girls I'd go on a trip with them this summer. France would have been incredible, but there's no way, she said sadly. Bring them, and I'll pay for the trip. We'll travel first, class all the way, Ben said. Gabriella and Catherine stared at Ben blankly. I was going to use my points for the flight and car rental, Gabriella mumbled. You said this morning I should travel and find someone experienced with the location to guide me. Well, if you'll have me, I'd love to go with you all to France. But I insist on paying, Ben said. Shouldn't we book now to ensure we all get seats and places to stay? Catherine and Gabriella jumped on Ben, and much squealing and playful kissing ensued. Daniel was the recipient of many of those kisses, and finally managed to crawl out from under the pile and stomp off to his room. Ben caught the smile. The boy was struggling to hide. Cat, call your daughters and make sure they are available, Gabriella said and Kat immediately dialed her house, first as Megan was home. Gabriella grabbed Ben's hand and dragged him to her office. Miriam followed, holding Ben's other hand. 
Catherine waited in the living room and told her youngest to come over immediately. She hung up and dialed her oldest, Sophia, as she walked to the front door. Moments later, Megan came in breathing hard from the run, took off her coat and boots. Her face was filled with curiosity. Sophia picked up. Hi, Mom, what's up? Is Rachel with you? Kat asked. Yes, she's right here. What's going on? The daughter asked curiously. Put the phone on speaker. I've got Megan with me here. She put her phone on speaker and heard Sophia's speaker activating. Do you remember our plan to go away together this summer? Catherine asked. Yes, all three of her daughters said anxiously, fearing their mother was going to cancel. How would you feel about going to France? Kat said with a grin. She grinned at the phone as Sophia and Rachel screamed in glee. Megan jumped up to cling to her mother as she squealed as well. Wait! Wait! We can't afford France! Sophia exclaimed. Ben is paying for the trip! Catherine told her excitedly. First class! Mr. Shepherd? Why is he paying for our trip? Megan asked. Because Ben has never travelled anywhere before and he'd like company on his first trip. He's bringing us Gabriella and her kids. We're working out the logistics, but it sounds like we will be starting in Paris, then travelling south to explore, and finishing off in Nice. Mom, that's eight people. How can he afford that? Sophia asked. Sweetie, don't worry about that. Ben does very well in his business, she deflected. No way! He's built like a sex god, and he's rich. I'm so gonna marry that man, Rachel said. Catherine snorted as she saw Ben standing in the doorway. He'd come looking for her to help them in the office. Ah, he's in the room now and he heard that, right? Rachel said weakly. Good evening, Rachel, Ben said. Good evening, Mr. Shepherd, Rachel and Sophia said in reply. Please call me Ben. Catherine, we need your help working out the number of rooms we'll need to book, starting with the hotel in Paris, he said. Oh my god, this is happening! Sophia's voice blurted from the phone, her excitement evident. I hope you don't mind me tagging along on your family vacation, Ben said with a serious tone. The girls spoke all at once to assure him they were more than okay with his being there. Catherine just grinned at him. Megan rushed up and hugged him fiercely, and Catherine joined her. Sophia and Rachel make hugging sounds. We're giving Ben a group hug, the mother called out to her daughters. God, I wish I was there, Rachel moaned. Yeah, why is it that Megan gets all the glory, Sophia complained. Born under a lucky star, I guess, the youngest gloated to her sisters. Ben peeled himself away and tugged Catherine down to Gabriella's office. She promised her daughters to email them the details once they were set. The group spent the next three and a half hours roughing out an itinerary. Most of the calls to the smaller hotels and BBs would have to happen when their reservation desks and booking people were open for business. Gabriella promised to get started on that in the morning. Ben would help her in the afternoon after speaking with the counsellor. It was just past midnight when they decided to call it a night. Everyone was tired yet excited. Catherine, Megan, and Ben got their coats on and gave Miriam a hug goodnight. She headed off to bed. Once the coast was clear, 
Ben gave Gabriella a kiss goodnight, and she slipped her tongue into his mouth and kissed him passionately. He returned it, and when their lips parted, you could have heard a pin drop. Miriam had snuck back down the stairs and witnessed the most beautiful kiss she'd ever seen. She was so happy for her mother, who deserved happiness, and she loved Ben dearly. She smiled at them when they turned to spot her on the stairs, then raced back up to her room. Gabriella looked up at Ben to make sure he wasn't worried about Miriam. He just looked a little embarrassed, so that was okay. They turned back to Catherine and Megan. Cat had a loving smile on her face, but Megan's eyes were wide with surprise. More embarrassment for Ben. I want my kiss goodnight here inside where it's warm, Catherine said to Ben. She squeezed herself against him and used her hands to hold his face and block his view of Megan, when her lips caressed his and block his view of Megan. When her lips caressed his, Ben's attention locked onto her, and she was able to truly enjoy his attentions. God, he was a fantastic kisser. Tingles shot through her body, and she had to pull back, or she'd tear off their clothes and take him right there in Gabriella's foyer. As she turned from Ben... She saw her daughter's shocked expression had doubled. Ben was trembling. Okay, new rule. No more kisses like that before we go our separate ways, he said hoarsely. Sorry, Ben, Kat said sincerely. Can, can I hug him? Megan asked her mother. I think you'd better keep it to just a hug, she said quietly. Megan stepped forward quickly and pressed her body hard against Ben and hugged him tightly. Sure enough, the evidence of his excitement pressed against her, and she gasped silently before he gently pushed her back. Sophie and Rachel are gonna scream, she whispered to her mother as they left amidst shared giggles. Gabriella grabbed Ben's arm as he turned to leave. He looked back at her. She pointed to the lights which were on at Trish's place. He looked at her in surprise, but she just smiled and nodded. He gave her one more loving kiss as he touched her cheek. Ben made his way over to Trisha's place and noticed a car in the driveway that looked familiar, but he couldn't place where he'd seen it. He walked up to the door and knocked. He didn't want to use the doorbell in case he woke the kids. The inner door opened and he was looking down at Tina. Good evening, Mr. Shepherd, Tina said quietly. Tina, he began but realized he didn't know what to say. Brutal honesty. I want you to come home with me. I want you to come home with me. I want you and Christopher to live at my house. I want you in my life, but all of these things are dependent on you agreeing to one very important thing. She looked up at him in shock. Her mouth worked, but no sound came out. I'm amending my previous conditions. Before, I told you that you had to find a mate who was closer to your age. Now, all I am asking is that you keep your heart open for the possibility of love. You are very young. You may meet someone more compatible. Someone you connect with deeply. Someone you connect with deeply. Someone you can truly love. You must be open to that. I can't be the reason you miss the opportunity for true love. Can you do that, please? Tears were streaming down her cheeks and a beautiful smile was on her lovely face. Not able to trust her voice, she nodded quickly. He bent down, pulled her into his arms, and kissed her deeply. She kissed him back as she cried and laughed at the same time. 
He heard sniffling from further down the hall, and looked over Tina's shoulder as she clung to his chest. Trish and her cousin were standing in the doorway to the living room, watching them. The two were clinging to each other and crying. What? he asked, setting Tina back on her feet. Trish and Shelley rushed forward and hugged Ben after Tina hustled upstairs to get her things. You are such a good man, Ben. Tina needs you so much, and you are so good for her. What changed your mind? Trish asked. Ben considered Gabriella's words from earlier in the day about Trish's opinion changing and saw she was right about that too. Gabriella talked with me and set my mind at ease over some misconceptions I had regarding love and relationships. She sent me over here to open up to Tina about how I truly feel. I want to meet Gabriella. She sounds like a truly wise and beautiful soul, Shelley sighed. Ben's body reminded him that he had two beautiful women pressing their large, firm breasts into his chest. Trish noticed immediately, as the ridge was beginning to bulge the pant leg, she was pressed against. His heat and thickness were pressing directly against her pussy through her yoga pants. Oh, God, Ben! That feels so fucking good, she moaned as she ground against him. Shelley looked at her cousin in surprise. Tina came down the stairs with her suitcases. Truthfully, she hadn't really unpacked as she'd prayed Ben would take her back. She saw Ben's flushed expression and Trish rubbing against him. Shelley was also squeezed tightly against him. She smiled, put her suitcases down, and walked up to the three. Trish noticed Tina and pulled away from Ben. Damn her horniness! Ben was here for Tina, not her. Shelley stepped back as well. Tina pulled Ben's coat off and knelt to help him remove his boots. Then she put her hand in Ben's larger one and pulled him into the living room. She could feel him trembling with need as she glanced over to ensure the blinds were closed. Trish and Shelley followed her in and she gestured for them to move the coffee table, away from the coffee table, away from the couch. She led Ben to stand in front of the sofa. Tina looked up at Ben. May I please remove your pants? she asked quietly. Ben looked at her, then the other women who stood frozen in the room. Please, she repeated, looking up at him with her head tilted. He nodded faintly, and she efficiently undid his belt, button and zipper, and slid his pants down. He stepped out of them. May I please remove your underwear? she asked. Ben was starting to recover from his overstimulation and became nervous about being naked in front of the women. Tina stepped close and looked up sweetly at his face. Please. He shivered and gave her another nod. She slid back down his legs, pushing the garment down with her. His heavy cock swung free and touched her cheek. She gasped and shivered with delight at the feel of him. She heard Shelley moan as she finally got to see Ben's cock. Tina smiled. She'd heard Trish's story of Shelley's skills. She wanted Ben to experience them. She wanted Ben to experience them. She was his to command, but he was hers to please. Tina put her hands on Ben's chest and gently pushed him to sit on the couch. She moved his knees apart, then looked over at Shelley. The blonde's eyes were locked onto his cock, and her breathing was fast. Tina gestured for her to approach. Trish gave her cousin a little push and she finally began to move closer. When Shelley was close enough, Tina reached out and took her hand. 
she pulled the woman closer and made her kneel between Ben's legs. He looked between Tina and Shelley, confused at how this little woman was controlling the much taller blonde. He didn't realize how desperately Shelley wanted precisely what Tina was freeing her to do. Ben is a very special man. Please make him feel good, Tina said quietly to Shelley, and gently pushed her head towards his stiff cock. Shelley's eyes closed in bliss as his hot flesh pressed against her cheek. It had been so long since she'd done this, not since her trust had been so horribly betrayed. She'd never met a man she'd felt comfortable expressing her passion with until Ben. Her cousin's evident confidence in him dissolved her last fears. She rubbed her face against him and moved her hands to grip the root and cup his balls. She gasped as a surge of pleasure went through her body. She'd missed this so much she felt the weight of his balls and dipped her head down to run her tongue over their surface. Shelley sucked one into her mouth and moaned in pleasure. Ben held his hand out for Tina, and she sat next to him on the couch, her feet tucked up under her. He pulled her in close and kissed her tenderly as he gasped at the sensations Shelley was sending through his body. Trish approached the couch from Ben's other side, and he held his hand out to her as well. She sat next to him with her legs tucked like Tina's. Her eyes were on her cousin, though. Shelley started to kiss his cock, starting at the base. She pressed her fat lips against his hot skin and sensually moved her kisses from side to side as she made her way up. She made little cooing sounds as she felt his pulse pounding in the hard flesh. When she reached the head, she smiled in great satisfaction to see a large droplet of precum beading there. She dipped the tip of her tongue into the liquid and rubbed it in circles across the fat head of his cock as she ever so slowly lowered her head over him. Another shock went through her body as her lips reached the soft skin of the head and began to stretch over its thickness. Her moaning increased. Ben writhed as he felt her working her lush lips over the sensitive glands. He fought the urge to reach down to her head and push his cock deeper into her hot, wet mouth. Trish reached behind herself and dragged Ben's arm off the back of the sofa and slid it down her back and inside the waistband of yoga pants. Ben automatically slid his hand down between her legs and rubbed in circles over her pussy and clit. She gasped and jolted with pleasure as she watched Shelley. Ben's cock slowly disappeared into Shelley's working mouth. She slathered her spit over his skin with her tongue and began to work her way down the shaft. Occasionally, she'd slide back up to the head and kiss the tip with her plump lips. Then, she'd slide back down to the depth she'd reached before and push a little further. She made needful little sounds when she'd reach a new depth and pull back as if she was fighting with herself to go deeper. Her nascents were becoming faster, though the ascents continued to be slow, to the point where Ben was losing his mind. He slipped two fingers deep into Trish's wet pussy and ran his slick thumb back and forth across her anus with each pump. Every time his thumb caressed the opening, Trish hissed her breath through her teeth in anticipation. Her body was trembling and her breathing was ragged. Ben looked into Tina's eyes and he saw her love for him shining back. He was mirroring that love, so she leaned in and kissed him tenderly once more. 
Shelley had a firm grip around the root of Ben's cock, which held him back from the orgasm he felt building to monstrous levels. She used the nails on her other hand to gently scrape the surface of his tightening balls, and Ben yelped from the suddenly intense sensation. Then Shelley dropped her mouth over his cock all the way to the base, pushing the head deep into her throat. Ben gasped, and his body went rigid, his hand clenched on Trisha's arse, and the tip of his thumb squeezed past the tight ring into her hot rear passage. Trisha's eyes rolled back, and she leaned back against his hand, feeling his thumb sliding deeper into her arse, until it was all the way in. She wiggled her hips to get just a little more in. Shelley squeezed him tight with her throat, then pulled all the way off. She looked at Ben with raw lust in her eyes, and then looked back at his cock with hunger. She plunged down once more, and Ben's entire body jolted. She began to take long, deep strokes from the head to the root. She looked at her cousin, who looked back with lust in her own eyes, as Ben thrust up into both her arse and pussy. She was very close to her orgasm. Ben whispered into Tina's ear. Her grin was wide and mischievous. She nodded to Ben, then carefully got off the couch and circled behind Shelley. She stopped and rested a hand on the back of Shelley's head. The woman immediately began to whimper, and her hand left Ben's balls to start touching herself. Tina went back to Ben and whispered in his ear. He glanced at her, and she nodded. Ben moved his free hand to the back of Shelley's head, and he took a grip on the hair there. He didn't try to control her movements, but Shelley immediately began to whimper loudly and moan as she increased her speed, almost brutally slamming his cock into her throat. Tina rushed around behind Trish to follow Ben's instructions. She reached around Trish and pinched her nipples tightly and tugged on them. Trish's head went back in a silent scream as she convulsed on Ben's hand. Shelley loosened her grip on the base of Ben's cock, and he suddenly felt that enormous orgasm crashing through his senses. He'd spent the morning making love to Gabriela and the afternoon with Catherine, so he really didn't expect to have much left, but it appeared he was wrong. The first burst went down her throat, but she quickly pulled out, so just the fat head rested on her tongue. Shot after shot filled her mouth. He moaned as Shelley's eyes rolled back in ecstasy. Tina moved behind her, squeezed her nipples, and pulled them, just not as hard as she'd done for Trish. Shelley squealed through her orgasm, with Ben's cock acting as a gag. Ben gently disengaged his hand from Trish's body, and felt her convulse in aftershocks. He loosened his grip on Shelley's hair, and gently ran his fingers through it to smooth the knots out. She looked up at him lovingly, then carefully pulled her mouth off of his cock she pushed herself to her feet, then knelt on the edge of the couch in front of her cousin. Trish was resting back on her feet, but her head was drooping down. Shelley reached out and tilted her chin up. Trish's eyes opened in question, then Shelley's mouth was against hers in a deep kiss. Trish squealed in surprise, then moaned and leaned into the kiss. Ben watched with wide eyes as the two women shared his essence between them. He realized Shelley was completing the threesome from Trish's story. Both women were clutching each other, and when the kiss was over, they hugged tightly with tears in their eyes. I love you, Trish, Shelley whispered to her cousin. I love you, Shelley, forever, 
Trish whispered back and rested her head against the blonde's shoulder. Tina had slipped away and quickly returned with a warm, damp face cloth. She immediately began cleaning Ben's spent cock. When she squeezed out a final dollop of sperm, she smiled wickedly up at Ben and licked it off. He gasped and raised an eyebrow at her. Once his cock was clean, she moved to clean the hand he'd pleasured Trish with, then helped him put his clothes back on. Everyone climbed to their feet and hugged. Trish looked at Tina. Thank you for sharing Ben with us. And Ben, thank you for letting us complete that beautiful act of love that was stolen from us so many years ago. Ben kissed Trish and Shelley and tasted something odd, then realized it was him. Oh my god, he's just the sexiest man ever, Shelley gushed. He glanced at a clock and saw it was a little past Onium. No, just a tired one, he smiled. Good night to you both. Tina, do you want to come home tonight or in the morning? What about Christopher? Tonight, please. Can you carry him in his bassinet? I will just put some blankets on him for the short distance to your place, she replied. He nodded and went upstairs to carry him down. Trish and Shelley saw them off with another round of kisses. Ben brought Tina and Christopher home and got them settled into his home and his room. Tina and Ben brushed their teeth together, enjoying the simple domestic bliss. As he turned the light off with Tina tucked up against his body, he sighed with happiness. Tina responded with one of her own, and he fell asleep quickly with a smile on his face.